Good morning or afternoon St. James and Happy New Year. This is the sermon for the 2nd of January 2022. Let's start with prayer and then we'll read our reading. So Father, thank you for this new year. Thank you for your spirit with us and in this last year. Father, we pray that as we look at these verses from the Bible, we will be made more like you. We will know you more and about you more. And that you would lead us into 2022. Amen. So, our two readings. We've got one from John 1, verses 1 to 9. And our second reading is from Ephesians. It's Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us as his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he has purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles who have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So, I wonder how you are this new year, how you're feeling, how your Christmas has been. We are sitting and uh, reflecting in the light of the Christmas trees and of what has gone before. We're not yet at Epiphany, we're at this kind of middle space. Um, we're not celebrating the wise men yet, but we've done Christmas. So this, our readings today are really reflecting on going deeper. What does it mean? What is this Christmas thing? What's it done for us? Are we just celebrating a baby or has it changed the whole wide world? Our readings, I want to concentrate especially on Ephesians. It's a beautiful uh, song, <laughs> almost. A worship song, it's a praise song. There's just so, so, so much in there. But I think it's got a rhythm and a kind of pattern to it. Paul spends his time looking at 
different sections and each section has a different point and a different emphasis. I think there's something that he really wants us to remember and to pick up and to carry with us. We were made through Christ. Paul says it in Ephesians 1 verse 4. Even before he made the world, he chose us and loved us. John 1 3 says that we were made in Christ. Nothing was made without him and everything was made through him. So we find our space in these stories right at the very beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Everything was made through him. That's what John says. And that includes us. And in our Paul reading, even before we were made, we were loved, we were chosen. We are without fault and holy in the eyes of God. When I say this, lots of people like to argue and they say, but no, where does confession come in then? Because we have to confess our sins and then we are forgiven. But Paul is very, very certain here and very obvious. In God's eyes, we are without fault. Not because of our own work, of course, because of Christ. It's not something I take credit for. I'm not without sin. But in God's eyes, I'm holy and without fault because of Christ. God's decision is inclusion, constant inclusion. And this inclusion gives him pleasure. So even before the world, he loved us and he chose us to be us. At no point does he say he rejected some and chose some. He just chose some sooner than he chose others. But he's still choosing and he's still including. And he's not that he's finding fault with some but not with others. He chose everyone to be without fault and holy because inclusion gives him pleasure. This means that for us, if we are chosen and loved and holy before the beginning of time, it means that no one is an accident. Nobody is a surprise to God. Each one of us was set apart before we were made. Now let's not get this confused. We all have our free will and we can say no to God. And we are free to do that. And often people do. They are chosen and they are loved and they are seen without fault. And they say, no, no, that can't possibly be true. And we have every right and every opportunity to do that. That says more about us than God. Just because some of us say no does not mean that God has rejected them. It just simply means that they have exercised their uh, right and power to say no. But God's movement is always for love and always for creation. If we move through our Ephesians passage, freedom, our freedom is purchased through Christ's blood. So added on to that movement of creation and that movement of love and choosing, we add freedom is purchased for us in Christ's blood. God, uh, Paul says God is so rich in kindness. After our adoption and creation, he buys our freedom. 
of freedom, what from? Well, from guilt, from shame, from exclusion. We are free from hate and free from fear. And this is the plan. For God so loved the world. Often in our gospel, when we're speaking about what we believe, we start from a different place, don't we? We don't start with God so loved the world he gave his son. We start with the world is so messed up and we are so broken. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible said God so loved the world that his plan was to unite us all under Christ. And so he sent Jesus. Not because we were so awful, but because God is so full of love. He showers, Paul says, kindness on us. So we are created. We are free. And we belong. The third movement. Verse 13. We have a belonging. We are not set adrift. What I love in these two passages, verse 13, if you look at verse 13 in Ephesians 1, it says, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. And then if you look at our other reading, John 1, we find very, very similar thought. It's just strange they're both in verse 13. Verse 13 of John 1 says they are reborn, not of a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. We are reborn, remade, reclaimed, reshaped. It's for freedom that we've been made. We are sealed with God's Holy Spirit. It's a guarantee that this world is not all there is. This movement of God says, I've got you. You are my son. You are my daughter. Don't run away. Believe it. Paul sets out this Ephesians passage, verses 1 to 6. It's about the blessings of the Father. But it's not just, oh, he blesses us. It's he showers his blessing and his grace on us and his forgiveness and his kindness and his love. Verse 7 to 12 is the work of Jesus. Without him, we are cut adrift. Without him, we are not free. But in him, there is freedom. And in verse 12 to 14, Paul finishes by saying, and this is the guarantee. This is the mark on your very being, in your very being, that you are mine and you are not open to fear. Holy Spirit. Now different uh, theologians are divided, as usual, over what it means. Does it mean that we are God's inheritance or that we have an inheritance? As usual, the uh, grammar is a little bit confusing when it's translated into English. Nobody's really sure what it means. And both of these two ideas find theological ground in other bits of the Bible. So either of them are fine. Either way, they both say the same thing. You belong to Christ. He treasures you. There is more here than you can imagine and more to come than you can grasp. And it is good. It is so good. 
we start our new year looking back and finding that at the beginning of the world, before the beginning of the world, you were thought of. You were shaped as you are. You were chosen as you are. You have been freed as you are. And now you belong as you are. And the plan is, they all tie in together in the last movement. We are made to be. We are saved to be. We are gifted, the Holy Spirit, to be united in Christ. This crazy idea that the God of all creation, the King of kings and Lord of lords, sweeps us up into himself, into his very being and says, this is where you belong. You are my inheritance and my reward and you are in me. You find me in you. It's so important to Paul that he mentions it twice. Verse 3 and verse 11. This all happens. We are blessed because we are united in Christ. It's because we are united in Christ that we are called. So we would praise him. All of this great symphony of goodness at the beginning of our year. All of this theological heavyweight wonder. What's it for? Well, Ephesians 1 verse 14, he did this so we would praise and glorify him. Why? Because he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Because he's loved us. Because he's chosen us. Because we are holy and without fault in his eyes. Because he adopted us. Because he, we have grace poured out for us. Because he has purchased our freedom. Because he has forgiven us. Because he has showered us with kindness, with wisdom and with understanding. Because he has identified as us, as belonging with his Holy Spirit. When I read out that list, how do you feel? You might feel, fine, yeah, I knew all that before, it's nothing new. Or like me, you might feel, even though you've heard it ten times before, it makes no difference, it's overwhelming. It's too much that the God of creation, to whom the angels sing, would do that for us. That there is no rejection in him. There is no 9 out of 10 in him. There is no audition for his love or for his grace or for his power. I feel overwhelmed and thankful. So what does overwhelmed and thankful look like? What does it draw to? What does it lead to? He did this so we would praise him and glorify him. So we can thank him. We can thank him with open hearts. We can thank him not just because we have what we have, but because God is who he is and he's done what he's done since before the beginning of time, before we were made, before we were thought of, before the world was thought of, you were thought of. 
before anyone could imagine you've got me. So let's not wait until we see what 2022 is like. We worship him now, at the start of the year, before he's done anything, because we don't worship him actually for what, for our homes. We don't worship him for our health, because when those things fail, we stop worshiping. We worship him for who he is, for what he has already done. So, I don't wish you a prosperous new year. That's not good enough. I don't wish you, St. James, a happy new year, because that's not good enough. I don't even wish you a healthy new year, because that's not good enough for me. I don't want that for you. I want more for you. I want you to have a thankful new year. I want you to find a space every day, in the morning or even the evening. You don't have to talk to God. I just want you to sit with him and be thankful. That changes lives. Do you know, Tizman Tutu, who died a few days ago, um, was asked why he did so much and where he got his energy from to do so much. And he said, it's all meaningless without thankfulness to God, without worship to God. And so this is our call. This is what we're made for. And this is what we're filled by and found in. I wish you a thankful new year. Let's be worshippers this year of a God who is everything, who has given everything, who's made everything and who unites us with everything in Christ.